When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Michael Reed on LMFM. Thursday morning, the 12th of November. Good morning with much debate and discussion from now till 11am. This is Michael Reed on LMFM. The Northern Ireland Assembly cannot reach agreement. The Northern Ireland Assembly is divided. The novel coronavirus, COVID-19, is rampant in Northern Ireland. The current restrictions are set to expire tonight. Hospitals are all but overwhelmed with COVID patients. The numbers needing hospital continue to rise. The Department of Health reported eight further coronavirus-related deaths on Wednesday. 791 more people tested positive for the virus and the number of hospital inpatients increased from 420 to 441. The advice from the Chief Medical Officer and the Health Minister is to extend the lockdown period. The current restrictions by two weeks. That's in order to prevent what was starkly described as excess deaths. That proposal was supported by all of the parties in the executive, with the exception of the DUP, who blocked it using their veto. Today, again, the Health Minister brought forward a proposal to extend the restrictions for one week to find agreement and to avoid a cliff edge. We again supported that, as did the Alliance, SDLP and also Unis Party Ministers. But once again, the DUP have voted against the Health Minister's proposals and used their veto to block agreement for the second time in two days. The DUP has again used that veto and blocked agreement contrary to the clear and alarming expert health advice. Yesterday... That's uh, Sinn Féin's uh, Michelle O'Neill. Let's hear from uh, the DUP. Jim Wells is uh, an MLA for South Down and he's on uh, the line with us. And a very good morning to you and uh, thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, is that a, a, an accurate uh, depiction of uh, the story so far from Michelle O'Neill? Well, in terms of the factual uh, account, yes, that's true. That, of course, this is the lady who helped organise the largest convention of the coronavirus legislation that ever happened, and that was the Bobby Story funeral. So okay. we just have to bear that in mind. But yes, and in terms of... Well, you're not, I'm sure, Jim, in fairness, you're not going to argue that two wrongs make a, a right. Uh, and no, no. As, as she tells the story... Uh, you're letting the people of Northern Ireland down. Indeed, you're letting the people uh, on both sides of the border down. Well, as she did uh, when she organised, helped organise the Bobby Story. Okay, but but the point remains that two, two wrongs don't make a right. Yes, but she's never apologised for what she did. But, but, but we're, ta- we're, we're talking about the here and now. Uh, and, and fair enough, I mean, make the point uh, Sinn Féin gathered for the Bobby Story funeral, uh, it was wrong, they shouldn't have done it they should have apologised, they didn't apologise and so on but now can we talk about the current situation please y- Yes, yes okay. 
Michael, it's not as binary as you or Michelle make it out to be. I sat in the all-party group on cancer yesterday, which reported that there were 1,150 people in Northern Ireland with a missed cancer diagnosis because of the lockdown. Uh, rates of deaths from COPD, diabetes and coronary uh, cases have risen dramatically since March because people, because of the lockdown, have not been reporting to clinics and hospitals for treatment. So therefore, it's not a question of coronavirus lockdowns produces a cure. It may do in reducing the number of coronavirus patients, but unfortunately... Out there, there are many people who are dying needlessly because of the restrictions. And that is the huge, difficult issue that we're facing as an executive. I think you told us repeatedly in recent months uh, that you would support whatever advice Robin Swan, uh, the UUP Minister for Health, uh, would give to Stormont. Uh, Now you're going against it. Yes, because, Michael, what is emerging rapidly is that the cure may be worse than the condition. And I am not going to take sides in this because there are legitimate, sensible, logical arguments on both sides of this debate. There's no question about it. But what we're beginning to see here is that the the economic downturn, the mental health issue and the increase in other conditions Mm. may be outweighing the dangers of the coronavirus spreading further. Okay, but move a couple of hundred miles down the road uh, and in the Republic, we're hoping that as we enter into the Christmas period, as we go into December, that we could be down to 20 or 30 cases a day uh, and that the coronavirus will pose little or no threat and that we'd be able to get back to normal and that we'd be able to provide all of our other normal health services, if you like. But Michael, that is no solace to those who are seriously ill or who have died because of the present lockdown. And that's, that's the difficulty we face. And also, the economy, we reckon the latest lockdown has cost the economy of Northern Ireland £400 million sterling. Now, we can't continue to sustain that position. Now, we, we, there won't be a return to a free-for-all no matter what happens. For instance, nightclubs have never reopened in Northern Ireland since March because they are an obvious source of infection. Uh, sporting activities will continue to be restricted, so it's not going back to, to, to normality. But I, I can understand why people like Dan Dodds Arling Foster are agonising about what to do here, because it is not a case of right and wrong. It's a case of two rights, and who is more right than the other? But and when the advice of the Chief Medical Officer and the advice of the Health Minister is to extend the lockdown, uh, which is less restrictive uh, than the lockdown in the Republic by another two weeks, which would take you up to the 1st of uh, December in line with the Republic, uh, surely it's prudent to heed that advice, especially if that advice is being supported by every politician in Northern Ireland who's not a member of the DUP, and that when you veto that, they say, well, look, instead of two weeks then, move to one week, and you still continue to ignore it. And because there's no agreement, we're in this limbo where the whole thing will just collapse tonight, and it will be a free-for-all, will it not? I, I agree with you, Mike. We can't, right on that. We cannot allow the situation to run into the stand and for it to collapse tonight. I agree with you on that. <clears throat> I think industry, commerce, and our hospitals need clarity. But the difficulty is when you're in an executive made up of five political parties representing something like 90% of the MLAs, it's almost impossible on controversial issues to reach agreement. Now, they're going back today and they're going to try. This is not a desirable situation. 
it most certainly isn't. But can I just say... You, you and fact, your colleagues across the board, uh, and this is not uh, uh, an accusation against the DP, DUP, this is an accusation against politicians and politics in Northern Ireland. All of you collectively are falling to the very thing that you've been warned against. You're succumbing to the real threat from the virus, which is that when politics is divided, you give room uh, for the virus to grow. And the World Health Organization has been advising against exactly this since the outbreak of this virus. This is dreadful politics. It is dreadful in terms of protecting people's health. But, but Michael, the infection rate is now 0.7. And we were told that if we can bring it down below one, we will allow businesses and commerce to reopen. So they've taken the pain for four weeks, and indeed in London down Saban, they've taken it for six weeks. Having done that and effectively brought the rate down to 0.7, they're being told that you must face another two weeks. And the difficulty, Michael, is what happens at the end of the two weeks? Will there be pressure then to extend it right over Christmas? Can I tell you, Michael, mm. unless some of our business start making money around Christmas, they will collapse because if you don't make money at Christmas, you've nothing to, cu- to, to carry over through the very difficult months of, month of January and February. This is a dilemma. This is a wisdom of Solomon decision that has to be made. And both sides have valid arguments. And I'm not going to tr- criticise either Robin Swan or Michael McBride our Edwin puts on this because they both have strong points, both have. Okay, a uh, number of early texters to us today who are angry on this side of the border or concerned in some cases uh, on this side of uh, the border. Susan in Omeath in touch with us and she says you can party all night long if that's what you want to do up there but can you please police the border and stop people from crossing the border into the Republic? Well I would say, Michael, in response to that is that I agree that there should be no unnecessary travel anywhere either in Northern Ireland or the Irish Republic. But they shouldn't really travel for leisure or for social activities. But in order to help reduce the virus, we only travel if it's to the doctor for essential mm. food or for, for, for business purposes. But the point she's and making I, I, is that you're not just making decisions for people in Northern Ireland, you're making decisions for people in Omeath and for people in uh, the Republic of Ireland, and well, that people will travel, and they will travel across the border, uh, and she's not happy about that. Well, well for instance, the ferry that goes across Carlingford Lock uh, has has stopped uh, travelling. And there has been a significant reduction in the amount of travel. And indeed, as far as leisure travel is concerned, either way, there's really no reason for it because there's really nothing to travel to. So therefore, I agree with her. People should not be going to Amiv unnecessarily. And when they do, from Northern Ireland, mm. and when they do, they must respect social distancing, hand sanitising, and all of the issues that are so which uh, uh, we've given so much advice on. So I, I share her concern, and I certainly will not mm. be travelling anywhere. Jerry is in Dundalk, and he, he's in touch with us, and he says uh, that people in Dundalk are going to suffer because of decisions uh, that uh, politicians are making in Stormont. He believes, as most of us do, that the Republic is going to go from what we call level 5 to level 3, if not level 2, from the 1st of December because of the progress in combating this particular disease. But he reckons that because of what you're doing in Northern Ireland, Dundalk will stay at level 5. He says it's not fair. Well, I would, as I said earlier, I would encourage people not to travel to Dundalk. 
uh, unless absolutely necessary, and I certainly won't. No, but, it, but, but they will, and the figures will stay up in Dundalk, which will mean that Dundalk and parts of the country along the border, parts of this country along the border, will have to be singled out and will have to stay at a much higher level of restriction, despite everything that people are, are doing here. And all of the sacrifices that are talking about, whether that's psychological or uh, societal or whether it's economic or, or whatever the case may be, if people are, are not being able to attend normal hospital appointments, that's what's happening. And it's bringing down the figures so that we can get back to some sort of normality. The rest of the country, apart from people like Jerry in Dundalk or those along the border counties are going to suffer because of decisions you're making in Northern Ireland and despite the restrictions that they've had to live by. But even if we extend it for another two weeks, that would not stop people going to Dundalk. I mean, the they, they, they controls are over things like hairdressers, pubs, clubs, restaurants, uh, things like that. People would still, if they wanted to, could travel mm. to the Irish Republic. Well, but the fear is that, you, that, that because you lift the restrictions in Northern Ireland, the virus is going to get worse, it'll get out of control, and whatever is spreading both directions uh, will increase in both directions. Well, well remember that when the infection rate in Donegal was higher than Northern Ireland, there was an issue of people travelling from Donegal into Londonderry and into Strabane, Yet, at the end of the day, whilst we have paid for people not to do that, some did. Mm. Now, of course, the result of, one of the results of that is that, they, meanwhile, the Northwest suddenly shot up. Now, <clears throat> they've had restrictions for six weeks, and their infection rate has dropped quite dramatically. So what we're doing in some areas is working and working well, particularly on the border areas. The problem is actually Belfast at the minute, mm. and the problem is socialising. The problem is people... <clears throat> going to their, the homes of various friends and family. Like, I've just had a report here of mm. 40 people being caught socialising in one large property. That's, that's in the Belfast area. There's not a lot of evidence at the moment of, of big problems in border areas. Mm. But, Michael, it is a very nuanced... No, but if you open the economy, uh, maybe they won't be in trouble. Uh, that's a, a good thing that they're in trouble because fewer people will act like that. There'll always be some exemptions to the rule. Patricia is in Carlingford uh, and she tells us that she has an underlying illness and she really doesn't want to catch the virus. She says her parents are elderly and she's really worried about them. She doesn't want this virus or anybody she knows to catch the virus, but she feels that your action or the inaction in Stormont is putting all of us at risk of illness or worse still, we could all die. Yes, but really, uh, I know Carlingford well. There really is little or no reason at the moment during the present restrictions for anyone to want to travel to Carlingford because Carlingford's a tourist village. Uh, it, it's a popular one day as one day destination, etc. The, the amount of many people from the north, uh, from Northern Ireland, if you prefer, in Carlingford on stags and hens, uh, they're renting out houses not, and they're partying. Not now. No, they're not because all of the facilities in Carlingford are closed. Yeah, but the houses they're, are open and they come and they uh, <laughs> and they spend time there and they might go down and buy a newspaper while they're at it. Well, I would think that people who allow folk from Northern Ireland to come to parties in Carlingford really are being most irresponsible. I mean, I think common sense has to apply here. But I do understand the fears of people living in border areas. I I do understand that. But remember, no matter what restrictions we introduce, won't stop this very small Mm. number of people travelling back and forward. Meanwhile, people will continue to die because the hospitals cannot cope and cannot provide them 
with the treatment they need. And the lockdown creates a fear where people are not prepared to go for diagnosis. And the figures are very stark. And it's looking very likely that far more people will die in Northern Ireland as a result of the restrictions than a result of coronavirus. And that is extremely worrying. But, you know, I do accept the fears of people living in county life. And I would urge everyone listening to this, if you're in Northern Ireland, do not travel to the Irish Republic unless it's absolutely necessary. A medical emergency mm. or perhaps to a, a relative who's ex- extremely ill, but nothing more than that. And I think most people in Northern Ireland will respect that. Do you think politicians will be responsible? There's a huge responsibility on all of the politicians, uh, whether... Uh, your Sinn Féin or DUP or UUP or People Before Profit on all of the politicians uh, to come to some compromise uh, and to come to some agreement. Do you think politicians will act responsibly today? I am absolutely certain that they're trying everything they can. I, I was up at Stormont yesterday and they were in and out of Zoom calls and meetings all day trying to resolve this issue. But it's just, it's like in the Irish Republic, if you had Sinn Féin, Fine Gael, Fine Foyle, Labour and the Greens all in a coalition, how difficult would it be to make important decisions with that straitjacket? And we have a situation where everybody's in government, everybody has to agree, and or who, nobody agrees. And who suffers? And it's, who who, who and suffers? at the end of the day, it's the, the people the who day, suffer. It, it leaves us in situations where mm. there's a dispute mm. that no single government can step in or no party can step in and take control. But it's and dreadful. But isn't it it's just dreadful well, in, in such it, a I crisis, don't... in an emergency, in the middle of a pandemic, that the people charged to govern cannot govern? The system doesn't allow it. And I didn't vote for it, Michael. I didn't vote for it. But no isn't it dreadful? It is a dreadful system, and it means that you simply can't move on and take decisions when there's controversy. And that's the system we've had, a mandatory five-party coalition, and we've had it for 22 Mm. years. And the people who elected you are being let down, and people further afield are being let down. Yes, but simply Sinn Féin are quite quick to use the veto when it suits them as well. You know, the system allows this to happen. No, but nobody... You're not going to achieve anything playing the blame game, nor will Sinn Féin. Uh, The question is, can agreement be reached? Can a consensus, a compromise be reached? They're working very hard on it. I, my, mm. my gut reaction is there will be a consensus. It's mm. just so unfortunate it's come so late in the day. That's mm. the issue. Yeah. The businesses I speak to want clarity. Are mm. we closing? Are we opening? Well, they'll all be closed tomorrow, no matter what, uh, because they can't <laughs> find the wherewithal right. to open, even if they're allowed to open, uh, if the restrictions yeah. are lifted. Uh, it's just too late. About it that yeah. mm. To get stock and staff yeah. organised, mm. they won't yeah. be opening tomorrow. This is not a good day for Northern Ireland politics. No. I accept that. And, you know, it has dragged on and on, and the people just want clarity. And I'm hoping that they'll get it. But it's not a binary choice. It's not okay. black and white. You're not choosing between the good and the wise. You're choosing between two very difficult okay. decisions. And I don't envy those who have to make those decisions. No, and I hope that uh, you can find a way, all of you can find a, a way uh, where minds can meet. Uh, we leave it there for the moment, though, and thank you indeed for joining us, as always. Jim Wells, DUP, MLA for Seth Down. Michael, Michael Reed on, on LMFM. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.